This will become one of my favorite shows of all time, depending on how subsequent seasons go. And even if they just stick with this one season, it's it's a perfect show, in my opinion. Oh, you're in trouble now. Why? 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 Hello and welcome to IMDb is Obsessed. I'm Alex Logan, a producer here at IMDb, joined by TV writer Gina Ippolito. Hey, Gina. Hi, Alex. So we're going to be talking about the top rated TV shows of this year, but let's just set a baseline real quick. What would be a few shows on your personal top 10 of all time? All right. I feel like it's going to be pretty on brand for me. I'm going Lost. I'm going Mm. Buffy. I'm Mm. going Doctor Who. Yes, of course. Uh, let's see. You know what? There's there's a couple this year that I won't reveal yet because I think they're on our list that I oh. might add to that top 10, uh, depending on how future seasons go. But yeah, I, I'm excited to, to reveal this list and say which one is added to my new top 10. All right, let's just jump into it. This week, we're obsessed with the shows that you, the fans on IMDb, are obsessed with. We're going to focus mostly on the list of top-rated new series based on the average daily rating from fans on IMDb in 2022 so far. But we'll also shout out some of the top-rated returning series as well. And of course, you'll be able to find both lists linked in our show notes. Okay, let's work our way from number 10 to number 1 on the new series list in the 10 slot with a 7.8 rating. It's Slow Horses on Apple TV+. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. I actually binged, it's it's six episodes, it's on Apple TV+. I binged all of them. I think I watched it in, in one or two days. It basically follows a team of British intelligence agents who serve as a dumping ground department of MI5 due to their career-ending mistakes. So it's sort of like the bad news bears of right. the spy world. <laughs> it stars Gary Oldman, who's fantastic, Jack Loudon, and Kristen Scott Thomas. And Gary Oldman is probably one of my favorite characters of this year. I mean, it starts with, he's just a washed up spy and it starts with him farting himself awake. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's honestly, I, I knew nothing about this show from the title. I thought it was maybe a Western slow horses kind of, you know, uh-huh. evokes cowboys. And my dad told me, he was like, Oh, we just watched it. You're going to love it. Alex Gary Oldman farts himself awake in his first scene. You got to watch it. And I was like, I, is it a Western? And and then just jumped into the first episode knowing nothing. And it's that high octane spy thriller training sequence in that opening opening scene with Jack Loudon that is so cool and pulled me in immediately. And then obviously it settles more into that uh, slower pace of what the slough house is like and uh, why Gary Oldman can sleep on his couch and fart himself awake during a work day. <laughs> I also, I knew nothing about it. And it starts out, it says written by Will Smith, which I had to Google. It's not that Will Smith. It's a a British writer. Uh, But yeah, (laughs) I really enjoyed it. It's an easy watch. It's just six episodes. And in a truly kind of bonkers move, it's already been renewed for seasons two, three, and four. Apple TV, you so crazy. (laughs) I mean, they're really throwing all their weight behind it. I mean, people clearly are loving Gary Oldman and jumped right on board quickly. So, yeah, and with short seasons like that, I guess they can pump them out as long as uh, Gary Oldman can keep on farting his way through it. (laughs) 
All right, let's go to our number nine, which is another very funny, irreverent series, although uh, a lot less dramatic than Slow Horses. With a 7.8 rating, this is Our Flag Means Death. It's an HBO Max series, and it's the year 1717. Wealthy landowner Steed Bonnet has a midlife crisis and decides to blow up his cushy life to become a pirate. This show's hilarious. Reese Darby plays that lead pirate, and he's so ridiculous. He's so funny. You may remember him. He's one of my favorite characters of all time, Murray on the Flight of the Concords. Uh, I love, love, love that character and his performance of Leggy Blonde on the show, which um, I just kind of threw out. I floated as a first dance option at my wedding. Denied immediately, but still, great, great, great <laughs> song. And he's so funny in the show. So that was immediately like, I got to watch this. And it paid off. It's so funny. It's him. And Taika Waititi is also one of the creators and, and creative forces directing the pilot, of course. He also plays a pirate on the show, Blackbeard. He comes in a little bit later on the show. And it's so funny. Jeannie, you checked this one out as well, right? Yeah. And I'm the same way. I'm on board with any Flight of the Concords, any Taika Waititi content. And this is exactly what you would expect from their sensibility. It's sort of that dry humor that has a lot of laugh out loud moments, which I, I feel like in today's sort of jaded day and age, anything that makes me actively crack up, I will give two thumbs up to. So I also love this. I have a bunch of friends who are like obsessed with this show, having pirate themed birthday parties because of this oh, show. Yeah. It's really caught on with a, a pretty decently sized fan base. Yeah, and it's also got a lot of great other pirates on the ship, too, from from character actors and comedians, Joel Fry, Samson Ko, Ewan Bremner, and then Christian Nairn, who I don't know if you recognized immediately, but that's Hodor from Game of Thrones playing oh, one yeah. of those pirates. He's so funny. I just, I love the interaction between all of them and what they reveal about, you know, these seemingly big, tough, strong pirate men as they go through the season. <laughs> if you listen to the last podcast on the left, they did a really great, awesome multi-part series on the true story of Blackbeard the pirate oh. and there's a lot more truth than you would imagine in, in our flag means death it is such a funny story in real life and they're they're playing off a lot of that obviously to the taika waititi degree of comedy and silliness but oh a lot of this is based on truth <laughs> yeah I, I love a show where i can live laugh and learn if you will oh, is that up in your bathroom one of those uh yeah. hand-painted signs yeah i raid the dollar store for them every week <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to our number eight. It's about a group of people who have never, ever been inside of a dollar store and would never go in one with an 8.0 average rating. It's The Gilded Age, also on HBO Max. Here's the description. In 1880s New York, it's old money versus new money. Carrie Coon plays the wife of a ruthless railroad tycoon who was not accepted by the upper crust of the day. Think American Downton Abbey, and it's from the same creator, Julian Fellows. As I said, Carrie Coon stars, Christine Baranski, Cynthia Nixon, Morgan Spector. Did you check this one out, Gina? I didn't have time to check this one out, but I'm intrigued because now I'm picturing the life story of the Monopoly man. Oh, yes. Yeah. No, actually, kind of. Yeah. And they are playing the game of Monopoly basically with the wealth of America in oh. the turn of the century. Yeah. But it's cheekier than his usual uh, tone, Julian Fellows, the Down Abbey. It's, it's, it's definitely more of a satire of the day and of those people. Okay. To quote Whiplash, it's not exactly my tempo. But it is really well written. I love Carrie Coon. I loved her in The Leftovers. Um, so mm -hmm. it's it's definitely one to check out if you're into that style. But yeah, not necessarily one that's my favorite. This next one is my tempo, and it is a really weird show that I'm 
kind of surprised made it on this list. At number seven, Tokyo Vice with an 8.1 rating. It's on HBO Max. This is a Western journalist working for a publication in Tokyo taking on one of the city's most powerful crime bosses. This is a really restrained and cold thriller from only the likes of Michael Mann, who's one of my favorite directors. And it stars Ansel Elgort, Ken Watanabe, and Rachel Keller. For me, it was Michael Mann immediately that got my attention. From Heat to Collateral to his incredible debut, Neo Noir Thief. I'll say I'm a fiend for Mojitos and a fiend for all of his films, including his sadly misunderstood Miami Vice. If you haven't seen that, you don't get the fiend for Mojitos line, which I see you <laughs> nodding along to. <laughs> a polite nod to Mojitos, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, but uh, Michael Mann, his style is, is it's very subdued and tamped down uh, than in past stuff. Um, but, you know, you still get it doled out in these like, icy cold criminals, the Yakuza, and this realistic kind of like cinema verite portrayal of the Tokyo underworld. This is another one that I have not checked out, but based on this, based on your description, I now want to check it out because it it also sounds like it's very much my bag. Oh, yeah. Well, first watch Thief, then Collateral, then Heat, then Public... Watch and Miami Vice. Watch all of Michael Mann's movies. Oh, my gosh. This is a lot of homework, Alex. I I will always leave you with a lot of homework. Um, But no, it's... To be honest, I've only watched the first half of this season. Kind of drifted. It is very slow. Um, Michael Mann only directed the pilot. uh, But now that they are coming back for a season two. I'm hoping Michael Mann directs more. Interested to see where they take this true story of a journalist like breaking open the Yakuza, which is something that uh, an American show really hasn't jumped into at up to this point. They're really taking that underworld, that criminal underbelly of Tokyo very seriously and taking it with that like journalistic sense, which is cool. All right, let's jump to number six with an 8.2 rating. This is Reacher on Prime Video. Jeannie, you want to tell us about this one? Yeah, I went in not knowing a bunch. I mean, I remember I remember that it's based off a book, so that there was sort of <laughs> there was sort of an original movie that they made that maybe didn't do so well. But this is about a former major in the military police who is now a drifter. Jack Reacher is arrested for murder in small town Georgia, but ends up helping the local police, including an easy on the eyes dame played by Willa Fitzgerald. Uh, He helps them (laughs) solve who did it. And then he stays in the town for a bit to sort of help solve the overall crime in the in the town. It's a small town, but there's a big crime underbelly. And yeah, I was into this. It's it had a lot more action than I was expecting. The pilot episode has a prison fight scene that's actually pretty brutal, yeah. which which I was into. Uh, you know, he's, <laughs> he's like gouging out eyes. He's punching throats. Uh, but my first reaction when I saw it was, oh, this man is much too large. <laughs> Alan Richman playing the Jack Reacher role, <laughs> which is so funny because there have been two Jack Reacher adaptations starring Tom Cruise. The first one was somewhat of a success, which led to the second one, unfortunately, wasn't as good. But the, the criticism always with the Tom Cruise portrayal is that Jack Reacher is supposed to be very large and mm. blonde. And because of that, people wouldn't accept Tom Cruise in the role. I think it was interesting what he had to do because of his size. He had to make himself more imposing and more physically adept at fighting and everything. Alan Richen can just kind of like bash his way through anything because he is gigantic. But that's what Jack Reacher is supposed to be, you know, in that like a very old fashioned tradition of what James Bond, he's a blunt instrument. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But I think he's pretty great. It's a great portrayal. And yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I like seeing him gouge out dude's eyes in a prison fight. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. I will say like his acting is very understated, which I think yeah. it has to be when you're that large and they show him sort of walking around town and everyone in town turning to look at him. And I'm like, yeah. yeah 
yeah, if I saw that dude get off a bus, I would turn and stare too. I don't care if it's rude. <laughs> that dude's gigantic. You know, he's also the voice of Raphael in the uh, the recent uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, live action movies. Okay, yeah. well, I mean, that's what this is what my uh, my shirt is today. Oh a yeah, Teenage there Mutant he is. Turtles, on your shirt. So I got a giant man on my shirt inside a turtle. Inside of a turtle. Yeah, exactly. No, but yeah, this this show is cool, and it's one I've only watched the pilot of. I try to watch everything, uh, and definitely want to check out more. It's based on the novels by Lee Childs. This first season is based on this debut novel of the Jack Reacher stories, Killing Floor. The movies were based on two separate novels, and there are 26 in total, so they have plenty of seasons um, to go, I would say. If they're Mm -hmm. doing a novel a season, they can go for at least uh, 23 more or so (laughs) and not double up on any of the uh, pre-existing stories. (laughs) (sighs) The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. All right, we're at the midway point of our new TV list, but you're probably asking yourself, where are some of my favorite shows? They're on the returning list. These are shows that have not premiered in 2022 and are instead shows that are coming back for another season. Let's look at that list of the top returning series of 2022 so far. We're just going to call out the top three for you. The full list will be in our show notes, but just as a teaser, here are the top three and They may not surprise you too much. Number three, with an 8.7, Stranger Things, which of course is back with even more great stuff in season four. Number two, Better Call Saul with an 8.8. And the number one of returning series of 2022 so far, Peaky Blinders with an 8.8. Gina, neither of us have checked this one out and we keep getting told that we need to, right? And at this point, if it's the number one series of 2022, we're probably missing out. Yeah, it's it's definitely friends keep saying you have to watch Peaky Blinders and it has been on my list and I'm sure by the time I watch it, I will be saying, why didn't I start watching this earlier? Because it sounds amazing and right up my alley. Yeah, you're going to jump on it so quick and then you're going to be yelling at me about it too and then maybe I'll finally start <laughs> watching it. All right, that is the top returning list and for that whole list, check it out in our show notes. Let's get back to the top new TV and streaming series of 2022 so far with our number five This is Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. It has an 8.3 rating right now. It streams on HBO Max. And if you haven't heard of this one, it's about the professional and personal lives of the 1980s LA Lakers, one of sports most revered and dominant dynasties, a team that defined an era both on and off the court. But it also starts with them at a very low point in all of their careers. Uh, It stars Quincy Isaiah as Magic Johnson, John C. Riley as Jerry Buss, and Jason Clark as Jerry West. This show is very, very over the top, but so is the the true story that they're playing off of. And that is in a large part to the filmmaker and funny man, Adam McKay, um, who is definitely up to his old tricks, uh, much like the big short vice and don't look up. He loves to explain these like con complex concepts with characters breaking the fourth wall and talking directly to camera. So there is a lot of John C. Riley 
walking you through kind of the background of the plot and telling you more about where the Lakers are in this point in the story. Because as you know now, basketball is dominant and one of the most beloved sports. At the time in the 80s, nobody gave one care about the LA Lakers or really professional basketball in general. And this was Jerry Buss coming in with a bunch of money trying to make people care about the LA Lakers with kind of a last ditch effort. Yeah, I've heard good things. I haven't checked it out yet, but I love Adam McKay. I know some people are sort of split on him and his movies, but I enjoy his stuff. So I'm going to add this one to my list because yeah. I am also not a huge sports person, but when a sports thing is done, sports thing, you can tell I'm not a sports person. When they're done well, I end up loving them just like with Hustle. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, to be honest, the pilot is very McKay. It's the only episode he directed. There's a lot more of breaking the wall and, you know, doing graphics and everything all over the screen. It settles down a little bit after that, but it's a good way to jump into the story and the place and time. But really, for me, the standouts are Quincy Isaiah as Magic Johnson. At this point, Magic is trying to be a sports legend. He's trying to be somebody that everybody loves, but nobody cares about basketball. And it's him trying to do that with a smile on his face, always like just kind of like hitting, hitting against everything that he comes in his path, like every single roadblock along the way. And then I also love Jason Clark as Jerry West, who is just simmering rage the entire time. And so angry about everything that is going on uh, behind the scenes as he kind of gets pushed out of his old top spot on the Lakers as a player and uh, coach. It's a great show. There's a lot of drama. I can't believe that there's another season coming back for more of this show, but it sold me on the first and I want to check out more. All right, let's move on to number four with an 8.4. This is an Apple TV plus series. It's Severance. All right. Oh, this I one. love it. I love it. Yeah, this is one. We actually covered it on an earlier episode. Lizzie and I talked about this on IMDb is obsessed because we got to see the whole season early mm. and we were immediately obsessed with. We tore through every episode of that as quickly as we could and just couldn't believe what it was. We knew so little going in. And mm -hmm. if you don't know anything about it, it's kind of the best way to go in. We'll just give you the kind of basics, you know, around it because yeah. there is a mystery going on in this. The idea of what severance is that is so cool. Uh, it's Mark played by Adam Scott, leads a team of office workers whose memories have been surgically divided between their work and personal lives. When a mysterious colleague appears outside of work, it begins a journey to discover the truth about their jobs. This very much has shows like Lost in its DNA. Mm. You're not, it's, it's unsettling. You're not sure what's going on. And uh, start to finish, it's just, it's just a really fun ride. And I would say the finale is one of my favorite finales of pretty much any show that I've seen. So I'm very curious to see. This will become one of my favorite shows of all time, depending on how subsequent seasons go. And even if they just stick with this one season, it's it's a perfect show, in my opinion. But I really want to see how they continue on with the mystery and the characters and everything. It's all great. It's gorgeously, yeah. gorgeously shot. And the most dull and like boring and horrible office spaces, you know, everything out of date, the carpet is gross and, you know, just like such an ugly, ugly uh, shade. But it looks beautiful how they've how they've done it. It's so styled perfectly. It's almost like Wes Anderson y yes. in that like just the level of detail. Yeah, Wes Anderson is a perfect comp. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, because like I said, I went in blind also. I had just been hearing things about it. People saying you have to check this out. Don't Google anything about it. <laughs> don't don't look at any spoilers. Go in knowing very little, but watch it immediately is my recommendation. Yeah. 
Yeah, and the cast is so great, too, besides Adam Scott. Britt Lower, Zach Cherry, John Turturro, Patricia Arquette, and Christopher Walken, of course. And, yeah. You know, this is this was my my uh, review at the time, and I'll repeat it here. It's tune in for the mystery, but stick around for the tender love story between Christopher Walken and John Turturro. Yeah, I am super curious to see where it goes from here. Absolutely. All right, let's go on to our number three with an 8.4 rating. It is Peacemaker on HBO Max. It's picking up where the Suicide Squad left off. Peacemaker returns home after recovering from his encounter with Bloodsport, only to discover that his freedom comes at a price. If you didn't see uh, the Suicide Squad, this was James Gunn's um, <laughs> very quick reboot, uh, requel, I guess, because there are elements held over from the last Suicide Squad movie into this new Suicide Squad, but really with a different tone style and everything. And this is this series, Peacemaker, is a continuation jumping right off of the movie, going directly into like the next chapter. And it's clearly James Gunn wrote that, wrote this series with that movie fresh in his mind. And it it just goes right into that style and just it, it like keeps barreling ahead with irreverent, disgusting, gory, silly style of comedy that he that he loves so much. Yeah, I would say if some of the other titles on this list feel a little heavy, a little heady, a little cerebral, watch this as a palate cleanser because it's just yeah. a it's just a really fun time. Go and Google Peacemaker opening credits yes. and you'll see one of the greatest and weirdest and most fun opening credits song and dance combo ever. If you've never seen John Cena in full Peacemaker costume uh, dancing in a very weird, stiff way, <laughs> then you'll enjoy it. The thing is, is he purely commits to every single aspect of the show, no matter how stupid it may mm -hmm. make him look, how silly and ridiculous <laughs> it may make him look. And it's it's so fun. That just sells the entire thing, that he is willing to be as shamelessly stupid as, as he is as this character. And it is never not funny. And I love that opening intro. Uh -huh. We actually have a great interview with James Gunn in the cast. They break down the entire shoot and who was the worst and who was the best dancer <laughs> of the crew. I mean, if you watch it, you probably can guess. Yeah. But uh, it's still pretty funny who they're just <laughs> roasting. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, it's, it's funnier that there are different skill levels, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. All right, on to number two with an 8.5 rating. It's The Legend of Vox Machina. This is streaming on Prime Video, and I'll just break this down for you. It's in a desperate attempt to pay off a mounting bar tab. A band of misfits end up on a quest to save the realm of Exandria from dark magical forces. It's an animated series, and it adapts a Dungeons & Dragons campaign from the web series Critical Role to a fully animated, fully voice-casted adventure series. It's half an hour. It's very, very funny, and I think it's one that you will really, really enjoy, Gina. Um, mm -hmm. It makes it seem like it is your typical adventure series, and then you realize kind of what the tone is, and it's much closer to Peacemaker than you'd imagine. Yeah, I'm on board. Uh, Alex and I have talked about this before, but we're both sort of D&D nerds. I've had a campaign going all throughout the pandemic. And somehow this sort of slipped by me. But yeah, it sounds right up my alley. I, I love a lot of people in the cast. I love Indira Varma. I love Steven Root. So yeah, this is absolutely one that I am going to check out. And I'm sure it will quickly become one of my faves. Yeah, there's a lot of great appearances by voices that you'll recognize. Tony Hale plays a, you know, a sniveling advisor to one of the kings <laughs> is very good. 
and then there's also the voice actors who from Critical Role from the original web series played mm-hmm. these roles. They're they're playing the characters Laura Bailey, Sam Rigel, Matthew Mercer, and they're a lot of fun and they know these characters so well and they they know what's funny and and fun about them. As a D&D nerd, it was my D&D group that told me you've got to watch this. We're going to start spoiling it. We're going to start referring to it. I mean, your D&D group is more on top of it than mine is. They didn't tell me about this and I need to go into our group Slack and scold them. Yeah, well, now you know who's in the cooler D&D group. It's Alex. <laughs> Long live the chair wolves. That's the name of our group. All right. So we're coming up to our number one now, but I want to look at how each streamer has fared so far in this list. So first up, Apple TV Plus has two titles, Severance and Slow Horses. Prime Video also has two, Reacher and The Legend of Vox Machina. HBO Max has a whopping five, Our Flag Means Death, The Gilded Age, Tokyo Vice, Winning Time, and Peacemaker. But the number one slot with only one series as well is Netflix. It's with an 8.8, the top rated series so far of 2022 is Heartstopper. If you haven't heard of this one, it's teens Charlie and Nick discover their unlikely friendship might be something more as they navigate school and young love in this coming of age series. This one, it's a real charmer, right, Gina? Yeah, it was very charming. I like my sort of teen love stories with a side of the supernatural. So I was hoping one of them would turn out to be a werewolf or a witch or a vampire, But, you know, this is still very cute. This one has a super joyful portrayal of a young queer relationship, which a lot of folks have really appreciated. And as a viewer, you kind of fall in love with those two main characters played by Joe Locke and Kit Connor. It's very whimsical. You know, they'll have sort of cartoon hearts appear on screen or cartoon leaves. And you see the texting in, in like cartoons in real time. If romantic comedies are your bag, then you will really enjoy this. Okay, there's the list. Again, check out our show notes for links to both the top rated new series and top rated returning series of 2022 so far. We're also going to throw the Heartstopper interview that we have with Joe and Kit. That is just like everything else about Heartstopper. Very charming. Also, this is a great time to check out IMDb What to Watch app on Fire TV. It's the place to go when you're looking for what to watch next with friends and family. And right now, they've got a watch challenge up there with some select favorites from these top-rated series lists. So go join that challenge and uh, watch along with us. We're going to be in there trying to watch all these shows, especially the ones we've just checked out the pilots for and want to jump back into it. I got to watch way more Slow Horses this weekend. Yeah, I'm curious which one on this list is your fave. Ooh, so far, um, severance. It's severance. I, yeah, I was, I was, same. I was blanking for a moment, and then I remembered the 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 emotional journey that I went on in the like two days that I watched Severance and uh, on screeners. And yeah, it's it's it was just such a surprise. It was like nothing I had seen, and so familiar uh, to many of the office places <laughs> I've worked. Unfortunately, yeah, same. <laughs> I would say you know give give everything on this list a shot. My recommendation, yeah. if you've got if you've got only one day, uh, is watch all of Severance. Yeah, if it's your last day on Earth, watch all of Severance. <laughs> yeah, so don't spend it with your loved ones. Watch Severance. <laughs> and actually, uh, very apt for the plot of Severance as well. <laughs> so if you do watch Severance or any of these shows, we always want to hear about it. Tweet at IMDb using the hashtag IMDb is obsessed, or you can always email us at obsessedpodcast at imdb.com. And remember to leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Gina, thanks for going on this journey through the top 10 with me. It was a slow horse's journey for sure. (laughs) Well, if you did fall asleep, hopefully you'll fart yourself awake by the end of it. (laughs) 